Hi everyone, Air here. Today I have a special guest. Her name is Mia Magic. She's known as the influencer of witchcraft, everything Mother Nature, and the appreciation with our planets. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hi everyone, Air here. Today I have a magical episode for us. Literally magic. I have Mia magic of all people on our list and I've been manifesting her for years, but this year was definitely intentional because I wanted to focus on mother nature. Mia's here to go through all of the ways that we can help mother nature, our planet, be able to heal while also being able to understand a little bit deeper what magic is like and how we can get abundance, love, and the desires of our planet in synergy with ours. So without further ado, welcome the queen Mia Magic to the podcast. And I'm gonna let her take it from here to introduce mm -hmm. herself. So hi, Mia. Hi, love, yeah, thank you so much. Hi, yeah, that, that was a good intro, totally agreed. My, my mission really is about bringing the ancient ways of harmony and synergy with the planet and with Mother Earth, understanding that she is, in fact, the mother that we all share into the modern day. How do we integrate that into our modern lives? How do we manifest in a way that isn't just extractive and isn't just, you know, plundering the natural resources of the earth like so many you know, manifestation teachers are like all about materialism. From my perspective, the, the greatest form of abundance, the greatest illustration of it is in the natural world. And when we can attune to and align with that frequency, we can experience an abundance that is deeply fulfilling and, and satisfying to our souls beyond financial wealth and, and prosperity. It's about an abundance of love in our lives, appreciation for all the gifts that we get to receive and experience the types of relationships that we have, the memories that we get to share with our loved ones. And when we operate from that kind of abundance, understanding that you know this earthly body right here this is the element of earth mm -hmm. our our air our breath is the wind within us and the the blood flowing through us is the waters mm -hmm. of rivers in our veins and there's electricity making our heartbeats you know we are made of the same elements as this planet and when we're aware of that and we live in alignment to that we're able to be of even deeper service to the healing and, and awakening of humanity and i find that that's what really inspires the universe to bless us in ways that truly feel like 
the nature of abundance. Be still my heart. <laughs> if I wasn't crushing on you a little bit before, <laughs> now I am. Um, so something I haven't shared with you is the elements are actually right across my wrist here um, as a tattoo, because yes, there's the abundance, there's the healing, but I also feel like being in synergy with the planet puts us in balance with the planet to be able to do the law of resonance or to be able to attract the things that, that we desire. So I am right there with you. I first want to know, though, how did this kind of elevate to the status that you are now? You have a really powerful platform for your voice and for the earth because you're in synergy with Mother Nature. So how did that start or develop over time? You know, it, it came from listening to her. I think that too often we relate to the planet like something that is inanimate when even the word anima means spirit and so to me it's it's undeniable that the earth is a spiritual being she's a living sentient deity really like you know when you look at how she grows like the trees upon her skin are like the hair on our bodies and so it developed in many ways i i really just listen i relate to her as the mother we all share i relate to her as my mother my teacher my guide my friend uh a, an expression of my higher self as well and so it really started i grew up in the redwoods and it does help that those are the oldest and largest living beings on the planet you know other than like the mycelial networks underneath the ground but above ground they are old and wise and i think that you know when you look at indigenous civilizations and traditions they call the plant kingdom like our older brothers and sisters because they've been developing and evolving on this planet for hundreds of millions of years longer than human beings have existed and so they have much wisdom and all of our pharmaceutical medicine and medication it was originally synthesized from plants and i mean we could go into a whole rabbit hole on that but you know they when when you connect to the natural world, when you're willing to listen to the whispers of the wind, to the wisdom of the trees and the waters, they, they will communicate with you. And so that's really how it happened for me and unfolded for me is that I just started listening. One of my first deeply spiritual awakening experiences was a, a redwood tree, like basically slurped my consciousness up inside of it. I was totally sober, like on a walk with my dad, just living my life. And and it was so profound and it said, this is why you come from here. So that you remember that you can lift your head and your heart to the clouds, like reach for the stars and the sky, as long as you keep your roots firmly planted on the earth beneath you. And people think that, you know, the tallest trees have the deepest roots and they don't. The tallest trees in the world actually have the widest roots and they, they interweave with one another. They hold each other's hands. They lift each other up. And so when I experienced that moment in my early 20s, uh, yeah, it just really changed everything. And I, I couldn't help anymore. Like, you know, I didn't, it didn't, wasn't just an overnight thing. Like, okay, now I'm an ambassador for the earth. But it changed the entire trajectory of my life because something that I had never perceived or even considered could be a guide, could be a teacher, could be a guru, 
you know, became all of those things and more in a way that has no, you know, it has no human ego. There's no bullshit with nature. It's just real. And, and so that was the big, that was the big piece for me. That was really when, when everything changed and it was such a gift and such a blessing. And then as things evolved and grew, as they say, I just started to really experience that I, I felt like my part of my mission was to be a voice for the planet and an ambassador for the earth because most of us have just forgotten how to hear her. Goodness. Every single time you speak, I'm like goosebumps. <laughs> so I feel you're bringing up a really mm -hmm. good point that not a lot of people notice is mother nature always is giving mother nature never asks for anything. And I feel yeah. like it's a responsibility of everyone, not just practitioners of magic, not just, you know, bohemians or hippies or, you know, yogis, but like everyone has a responsibility because we share her, right? And you're talking about the listening aspect. Yeah. I had a similar experience with um, the ocean and water, actually. And for me, it started with my healing journey from my trauma. My trauma is pretty well known, but that's a whole different episode to where you were on a walk with your father. So it's almost like you have father over here and mother over here trying to get your attention at the same time of like, here's one step in this world and here's another step to a new journey. Are you going to listen, Mia, right? Versus mine was similar in the aspect of like, are you wanting to accept this invitation, right? I'm inviting you in. But for me, it was like, we're gonna wash away the past and invite you on a new journey if you wanna listen. And, you know, just kind of erase everything that happened and let you walk anew in alignment with me. So I'm curious because for me, it's a daily ritual of put down the ego, put on, you know, take off the headphones of this world and try to get in sync with the mother. So how do you teach people? Cause I'm sure it's in your courses or in your retreats, how to initially get there when they have this busy mind and this busy consciousness. Oh man, there's so many things. Like the first thing I do every morning is go outside before my phone comes on. I go outside. I stand under a tree or under the sky or I dance uh, with my feet on the earth. It snowed like eight inches yesterday here. So didn't, didn't quite do that this morning, but I just went out and I just looked at the snow and I let the light shine into my eyes. And, and so that's a really great way. I got two kitties that love being outside and, and love that as a little morning routine together. Um, my little witch cats. And, and that's a huge thing is just, just let the sun help you wake up instead of the light of your phone. That's like so easy, so simple, so accessible. You know, even if you just like open a window or go up to your roof deck or go outside of your apartment or whatever it is, there's nothing, there's nothing better for your personal vitality than just allowing the sun rather than your phone to, to wake you up, to help you transition from sort of that subconscious sleeping state into your you know, true nature. And, and there's so many other ways, you know, praying to our food, like not eating processed food, just eating whole foods. Um, you know, last night, like my partner, we were making dinner and I, I just like 
I just ate the asparagus. I was like, I'm just going to eat the vegetable on this plate, you know? And, and so that's a really good way is like eating foods that were grown in the ground and didn't have to go into a manufacturing plant or through a bunch of different processes. Like that's what we call it. Processed food. It's been processed. And, and so, you know, those are two really, really simple ways, but the biggest, one of the biggest practices that I always offer people is called a channeled writing practice. And this is really, really big for me. I use this all the time. Um, it was a huge transitional, like transformational phase in my life when I was doing this really consistently. And you just pull out your journal in the morning and I would do it after meditation. You can do it sitting outside in nature. And I just would say, I call upon and you can say, I call upon my higher self. I call upon mother nature. I call upon the goddess. I call upon the dragons. I call upon this redwood tree, whatever it is. I call upon my higher self or whatever. Please write to me, through me, anything I meant to receive in this moment. And that practice, I believe, is so transformative because it gets us out of our own ways and we can almost always hear the voice of either our higher selves or mother nature which are really ultimately kind of the same thing and and that's incredibly supportive and and the other thing is you know like this is kind of a it's kind of a like dig at everybody but it's important the only reason we feel shame about like our plastic use and like ordering things from amazon and having material things is because we know we don't actually need them we know that like our ancestors survived for hundreds of thousands of years without the levels of convenience that we have now and so like i don't buy anything from amazon i don't buy anything that's made in china i don't buy anything that's like shipped across the world to me all of my furniture i get secondhand like the only time i buy new things is if it's like a handmade artisan good from like a craftsperson like i bought i'm looking at this beautiful lamp i bought in france that's like made i met the guy who's like forging the brass to make the lamp and like puts a slice of agate in it and it looks like a tree mixed with a mushroom and it's like so beautiful worth it you know, um, art, when artists paint something and I feel really like deeply connected to the art, I'll buy that. But that's that's a huge thing that that we perpetuate within ourselves by not paying attention or like ignoring and turning a blind eye and pretending like, oh, it's okay and everyone does it. Like, that's why it's not okay is because everyone does it. And, and because especially conscious people, we have to be more mindful of our footprint and how we do things and how we operate. Because if we're not going to be, no one's going to be. And that has been a huge piece that I've found is like, that brings me so much greater peace because the actions that I'm taking are, like you said, in harmony with mother nature. And I don't feel like I'm extracting from her and like hurting her and taking from her. You know, I use an iPhone, I use a MacBook. Those things have lithium batteries in them. I'm aware of like the horrible mining that happens to create those, those chemicals um, to make these products work. And like, you know, I gotta have them to, to operate in the world. And so that's a huge, it's, we're, it's perfect. We're recording this on the Libra full moon because life is about balance. You just have to find the balance that works for you. And so that's been a huge way for me that I've come into alignment out of the monkey mind into this deep capacity to listen with her is by letting her know through my actions, through how I show up in the world that I care 
and that I want her to be well. And I want her to, to know that she is, she is valuable and she is deserving of tenderness and love and reverence. And, and that's really hard for most people to do. We would, you know, we'd just rather like do the convenient thing. But I love to think about like my ancestors, even people here in Colorado, like it's so cold. I'm like, how did anyone survive here without central heating? You know, like, these things, these luxuries that we have that are just part of our normal everyday life are so new, so, so new. And, and when we can acknowledge that and operate from the awareness of that with just deep appreciation, we, we feel differently in the world. And, and then the world responds to us differently. In I love how everything you've said so far has nothing <laughs> to do with you having to do extra yet, right? Everything that you just mentioned is just talking about being consciousness of like our decisions, right? But they didn't necessarily say that you had to go plant yeah. trees, right? They didn't say, you didn't say you didn't, you had to go, you know, save the world and save the planet by cleaning up the ocean all by yourself. Those are beautiful things. I highly recommend them. But you just talked about little adjustments that you can make in your daily life that just don't hurt. Yeah. Which, I'm going to be a total environmentalist for a second and just say like, that's the bare minimum, but even the bare minimum would make a huge impact if everyone did it. Right. Or even the people that for were sure. just consciousness, for sure. like in conscious of what they were doing, just did it. Yeah. So all aspects of it. Yeah. I mean, the organic, organic waste, just composting, just not putting your food scraps into the trash. I don't pee inside. I only pee outside. Doesn't matter how cold it is. Doesn't matter what time of day it is. I pee outside because mm -hmm. I don't want to toxify the waters. You know, there's like so many simple things that we can do. You know, we don't even think about that. Like we, we poison in the Western world. We poison clean water that literally billions of people would kill to drink, you know? And we just like, oh, oh just flush it down. Like, you know, we just don't even think about that. And so those are, those are, two of my additional, mm -hmm. just since you're saying it, like little small things that we can do that don't, you don't have to go like, you know, like you said, plant an entire forest. I do also recommend those things. And I'm always like the trash lady at the beach. My friends are always making fun of me. Every time we go to the beach, every plastic straw, every little piece of trash that I see, I always like have a little bag and I put all the little trash and then I throw the trash away, keep the beach clean, you know, like, because if someone was leaving trash mm -hmm. all over my skin, I wouldn't want it there. I'd be like, excuse me, uh, can you pick that up? You know? And so there's so many, so many ways. Yeah, exactly. There's not, I didn't, I didn't put that there. You know, um, there's so many things you can do, but those are also like two really great ways. Like every time you flush your toilet, it takes six to seven gallons of water. Like, why would I pee into that? Like, that doesn't need to go. That doesn't need to go anywhere. Like, I'd rather give my nitrogen to the earth. It appreciates it. The plants like it, you know? So there's really, really simple shifts that we can make that, that do, you know, if, if every conscious person on the planet, if everyone has, who has even an iota of spiritual awareness chose to just operate slightly differently, we would create a massive ripple and, and that change and being willing to like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world that does have an impact and you inspire many people and your families and your communities. And, and then if they decide to change as well, like then we've we're, we're doing something at that point you know? i would say that we're working with the law of resonance because my next question for you is whether it was you or whether it was bear 
like what can this impact and like do as far as like leading to a life of abundance and i'm not always talking about like monetary value but i feel like there's a lot of abundance once you just hit that synergy yeah. level with mother nature totally i mean that's that's to me what it is you know i think that yeah there's there's just so many different ways to experience abundance and and for me it was about understanding that if what we're doing if how we're living is extractive it's taking more it's doing damage even if we gain financial resource there will still be an element of of like hurt or feeling like that abundance is extractive to us and if we operate in scarcity then you know we're going to experience scarcity and it might not show up in finances it might show up in different ways it might show up in your sex life it might show up in your friendships it might show up in again like your level of fulfillment with all the financial resources that you have and for me it really i i truly experience a visceral response from nature when i go out and and connect with her I can feel that she appreciates it. I can feel that it means something to her, that I know that my bare feet can recharge upon her, that I, when I like take my moments to meditate with her, usually I do that in the afternoon when the sun is high, you know, and I like love to just go out and get naked somewhere in the forest and just lay down and meditate for 30 minutes or an hour. And I can feel that that means something to her. And so when we are trying to generate financial abundance only and not being aware of the, again, like pun intended, the true nature of abundance, which is nature, which is how she's always blossoming and expressing and, you know, growing and, and, and dying and being reborn. There is just part of us that isn't fully attuned to what the conscious vibration of abundance is in the universe. Because money isn't the vibration of abundance. Money is one expression of the energy of abundance, but like the conscious vibration, the aliveness of the idea and concept of abundance is something much bigger than that and much deeper. And I love that you're like talking about the universal laws because I, my book, Intuition, that comes out in January is all about the law of correspondence and how we can relate to as above, so below, as within, so without. Everything that we see, you know, before us exists within us in some way, shape or form, even our traumas, right? Like that's what's so empowering about healing them is, is like reclaiming responsibility and being like, oh, you know, some part of my soul wanted that to happen so that I could become this version of who I am on the other side of it. And, and so for me, that's, that's been what, what abundance means and, and is, is like, how magical can I make my life? How deeply can I experience even, you know, we were talking about before we, before we pressed record, like I am in the busiest time I've ever been in. I've never worked so much. I've never sat in front of my computer as often as I have, but I know that it's because of 
the incredible engagement that I have offered of myself wholeheartedly to the earth, that she is returning all of these opportunities and all of this abundance and all of this growth. Like that's what's happening in my life is my life is growing. My book is growing. My business is growing. My platform is growing. Like everything is growing, which like just makes me emotional to think about. Like she's giving me gifts, you know, she's blessing me because I bless her with my love and with my songs and with my praise and with my prayers and with my thanks. And, you know, I, I, I get to show up in a different way than I ever have. I get to, I get to work more. I get to like sit at the computer more, but, but it's because the gift of my life is growing and, and I get to show up in a new way than I've ever had to show up before or, or gotten to show up. And one of the things my partner always says is, you know, if you want to get somewhere that you've never gone, you have to do something you've never done. And so that's, that's also a piece I think for everybody with abundance is like, maybe it does take a new perspective and a new relationship to the earth for you to access and actualize that frequency in your life. And I love how your feminine energy came out, like as if you were just channeling her instead. <laughs> like, yes, you're a businesswoman, you're an amazing businesswoman and it's growing and just sending you so much love and blessings because you deserve it and you've earned it, right? So Thanks, I wanna play a little bit of a game with you because I wanna see your inner child. <laughs> okay, I love games. And it's a game where I need you to almost pretend that you're um, a different family. So this is something that I've worked on trying to do myself and I want to see your perspective. So the mycelia family, mushrooms, right? Fungi family, um, bacterium. We have the celestial family, right? The moon, the stars, like the sun. We have even parasites and we have different families, right? They all have different relationships with the earth. And then you have humans, right? So one mm -hmm. of the ways that, and I'll give you an example at first, is I've renegotiated how I think about the earth and how I think about mother nature and how she is in relationship with me is by trying to understand how other families interact with her, right? Because it's kind of like we're all siblings in a way. And I believe that humans have the worst relationship mm -hmm. with mother nature by, by, by default, right? Cause we're the only ones that really harm her. Everybody else kind of works in synergy. Yeah. We're we're the problem the child. Child. That's probably going to yeah. be the quote of this podcast is we are the problem, <laughs> problem child. And so going family by family, understanding a little bit of their relationship on how you view it. What do you think we could learn from our siblings to make us better relationships to the mother? It's a weird game. I don't think you've ever played this game. Oh. <laughs> I haven't played that game, but I mean, I think about it all the time. I mean, I, I call us like, you know, when I talk about our size, I say we're bacteria on her skin. And when I talk about what we're doing, I call us a cancer. Um, so, but the thing is, what's so beautiful about, you know, even when you think about a cancer cell, 
is it's just a cell that's out of balance or that's confused, you know, or that's that's functioning in a way that isn't that it isn't designed to function. It's it's like been mutated. And so I think that's what's happened to humanity. Someone somewhere who was deeply hurt and deeply lost and not like doing what what we were innately divinely designed to do changed things and started killing you know just like cells do started killing anyone else who wasn't going along with them and and you know if you're not going to be a cancer with me then like you're dead and it's like but i'm a healthy cell it's like tough shit like i'm fucking wiping you out you're dead like you're burning on a pyre you're getting hung you're getting tortured whatever it is right like very much witch hunter vibes these like ancient monotheists that that you know spread across the world and colonized yeah like a parasite like a bacteria and and changed the ways that we were operating but the most beautiful thing is, is there's also really good bacteria and, and there's apple cider vinegar and, you know, there's all of these beautiful supplements and like natural ways that we can heal. And so I think in the game, the thing about the problem child is that the problem child is hurting. The problem child has trauma. The problem child has some relationship to reality that makes them feel confused or not good enough or unworthy of love. And that's why they act out, you know? And so I think that having conversations like this, all of my amazing friends with podcasts, our own, you know, willingness to heal, we, we can choose whether we want to keep being a cancer or not. We have a choice. And that's why, you know, especially someone like me, that, you know, people follow me for like living your magical life. Like they don't expect me to say, stop buying shit from Amazon and like go plastic free, but that's why it's so important for me to do it. And that's why it's so important for, for those of us who are, you know, the healthy cells or I'm not like super great on anatomy. So I'm trying to come up with a better metaphor, but you know, like what would be like a white blood cell, you know, that like generates more cells, right? Or like air that oxygenates the system. We have the capacity to be polluted air, polluting our minds, polluting our lungs, polluting our, our system, or we can be clean air. You know, we can be clear mountain air that is alive and, and fresh and doesn't have a single negative particle in it. So I truly believe that, that, you know, we can learn. That's why we're meant to learn. That's why mushrooms have evolved the way that they have is to like try and teach us, you know, they're trying to help us save ourselves. My God is they're doing everything they can. They're eating the plastic, you know, they're like changing our minds with psychedelics. There's, there's so many, so, I mean, we can learn everything from the, the ways that the rest Even of the natural world animals. operates in and harmony. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, you know, even the way that like something dies and the whole system eats the whole thing and then it like becomes part of the soil. And then, you know, it's a circle of life, just like Mufasa said. And so I think that the game is remembering that it is a game and that we're not actually victims to this system. It's not outside of us. You know, something that I always teach people as a witch if I'm a witch, I am also a witch hunter. And there is also that same, you know, per like perpetrator inside of me. So how am I doing that to myself? Well, where's my, you know, my inner cancer of my mind? Maybe it's self-loathing. Maybe it's, you know, 
uh, deep unkindness or criticism to oneself, lack of compassion, shame, right? Like these are the inner witch hunters voices inside of ourselves. And when we can eradicate them, then we don't have to be like perpetuating that inner cancer within ourselves. And then we can become part of the solution, you know, and be the solution child instead of the problem child. So I do believe that that's possible. We just, you know, you, you use the word decide and the suffix of decide, C day, like homicide, mm -hmm. genocide means to kill. So when we decide, we kill off one choice. We kill off one version of ourselves. And that's the opportunity as the problem child that we have to do. Like, I want to kill off the version of myself that's the problem child. I want to become a solution child. I want to decide mm -hmm. to make things better and, and make my life in service to that effort and choose powerfully to be the kind of child to this mother that that is in reverence and gratitude and appreciation for her and when, when the more of us will do, can do that and will do that and back it up don't just talk about it because there's too many people in the spiritual community that are just buying shit off of amazon all the time because it's convenient like is spiritual work convenient is healing your shit convenient? No, it's fucking heartbreaking and agonizing and so difficult, but we do it. So we can't keep operating in the rest of our lives for the sake of convenience, because that's what's gotten us oh, into this Oh, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> There's two families that particularly in my little Air likes games, right? I'm a Gemini, so I'm not sure what you are quite yet. Um, June 2nd. When's your birthday? And so I'm a, okay, we're real. Okay, mine's the eighth. We're not the major. <laughs> I love you, my Gemini, yeah. but we're the real Gemini. <laughs> so that's why we love to teach and talk yeah. and learn and we're curious about everything. And so yeah. with that, the yeah. animal kingdom, I've noticed they never take more than what they need right? So when they go to eat, like I was watching this documentary by Morgan Freeman last night, and it's just like talking about the bears, like even when they're starving through spring, just when out of hibernation, they still only take what they need. And um, just to get by until they actually meet the season, which is summer, late summer for them, where they actually eat their fresh salmon as like their real meals in Alaska. And I'm like, that's phenomenal. If you tell, you know, Americans, yeah that you're going to go to sleep for six months and not eat except for a bare minimum when you wake up occasionally and then for the next four months you're going to eat bare minimum like you know you maybe like a marshal a day and then you get to feast they're going to look at you like you're crazy right <laughs> like, you just told me i couldn't eat for nine Anything. months like a three meal day process and i'm like bears do it all the time and they can take us out at any you know any chance they wanted right and then the celestial family, which I think a lot of people don't classify as a kingdom, at least not in the scientific community, but I classify Miss Luna as a sibling to our mother nature, our planet. And they're in perfect synergy too, right? The moon yeah. saying your tides are only going to go this far. And I feel like a lot of people don't even realize that if you go way back in time, those billions of years, we had two moons for a little while before we had seasons. We had Thea, and then we have our Luna. And Thea got consumed by the planets, 
So mm. we have celestial magic already in the planet to give its seasons, its balance to us. And if people just do a little bit of research, they'll learn, you know, how magical she can be and then how to kind of tap into that. But it starts, you know, <laughs> with the listening yeah. of the voice, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't deny like the importance of the moon. I mean, we're, we, there's no coincidence that we are the same percentage of water as the body of the earth and that the moon, when you, you know, if you don't have too much artificial light at night and, and you're not taking birth control, like your moon time, your blood, your period comes with the moon. Like we are tidal beings. You go back to the bivalves, the first sentient life on this planet they were tidal beings. They were literally growing and, and living and organizing their cells in response to the tides of the moon. So I'm with you on that. I've never heard the second moon theory, oh, yeah. but, Thea, but um, Thea I'm gonna have to look name. into that. I'll send you the links afterwards. I, you can't get rid of me now. I like you too much. So <laughs> I will say, um, yeah, the full moon cycle, every single 28 days, it's been fun. It's been fun. That's how my friends know. It's, you should probably leave air alone for a couple of days, it's the full moon. Just let her go do her rituals. She'll come out of hiding in a moment, okay? So <laughs> do you incorporate <laughs> astrology or astronomy into your relationship with her? Her being mother nature? Oh yeah. Yeah, I, my, I have learned a lot about astrology and I totally understand like the interplay of the planets and the conjuncts and all of the things, but it is, it's a complex language that, that I find the way that, that I am served best or that I operate in my highest in relationship to astrology is, is simply by working with the archetypes. So I really work with like the archetypal energy or the planetary ruler of the, of the moon. Um, so like, you know, when she's in the sign that she's in, I really like to just notice, you know, obviously like right now it's Aries season, the full moon is in Libra tomorrow. It's like, okay, well then that's that very childlike forward innovative. Okay. Like, uh, I'm going to just like go forth and conquer and like do whatever I need to do. And then the moon is like, okay, but let's keep things in balance and make sure that there's harmony in our relationships, you know? And so I, I really stick with the archetypes. That's a big way that I work with it is, you know, what is the, what is the, like, for example, for this Libra full moon that we're having today, tomorrow, like my partner and I are doing a relationship ritual because as I shared with you before, you know, I'm overwhelmed and I've got a lot going on. And so my relationship to myself is bleeding into my relationship with my partner. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm busy. So the most important thing for us to do, and we did this last night as well, not in an in intentional ritual, but just like in, in spending time together, like no phones, just like being together and eating and like tending to ourselves as the like entrance of the portal to the full moon. And then tonight it's like, okay, this is the archetype of being deeply in relationship together. And how does it look for us to, you know, do a sex magic practice and, and spend conscious time together and just be in right relationship with one another. And I always make him go on a full moon hike with me, which sometimes he's resistant to, but I just love doing because I love being out in the moonlight. And it, like I said, it snowed so much yesterday that it's going to be one of those glowing full moon hikes where 
like all the snow is just glistening in the white luminous light. And I just love it so much. But, you know, that's really the biggest way that I work with the energies around the new moons and full moons is like, what way does this archetype need to be amplified or healed in my life? And how can I attune with it? in order to create greater balance and harmony, especially during this season, or like take more action and initiative, um, be in my abundance, you know, when Taurus season comes up, be even more in my in my sharing, in my teaching, in my studentship in June when when Gemini season arises. You know, that's really how I I work with it because I just find that I get a little, you know, my Gemini mind goes a little like with like all the other stuff. So the archetypes are just like very simple, something that's always accessible that we can always be aware of. And attuned to. <laughs> I, I'm so glad that we have the earth just to give us that grounding energy all the time. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm a Taurus rising. That so helps. that's like really, that's a big part of it for me is like my actualization, my like deep truth is like, in that empress energy of mother nature. I'm very happy for my placement, but I have a Gemini rising as well. So I'm like, <laughs> and my name is Air. <laughs> and your name is Air, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty from clear. It's like, go out and communicate and fly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mercury is the messenger of the gods for a reason, you know, like this is, I really see that that's, that's how I carry my Gemini frequency is like as the messenger of the goddess. And a lot of people don't know the Ooh, myth of Gemini. Do you know the myth of Gemini? Of Gemini? <laughs> okay, honey, I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version. So Zeus impregnated a mortal woman who was already pregnant. Zeus loved to like impregnate people, right? In all of his, in all of his you know, stories, we become a bull. Like he just loved to fuck, right? I mean, what man doesn't? So Zeus impregnated this mortal woman. She gave birth to twins. One twin is mortal. One twin is immortal because he's the son of Zeus. They're the best of friends. They're brothers. They live their lives. When they come of age, they ask these two girls to marry them. The girls say yes. They go to tell their mom. Then they come back. And, and there's these two other brothers that are like, no, we're going to marry these girls. And they're like, what the fuck? No, like we just asked, like we're doing this. They get into a fight and the mortal twin dies. And when the mortal twin dies, the immortal twin no longer has a tether to the earth, but because the mortal twin goes down into the underworld, the, the immortal twin goes back to live in the realms of the gods with his father, Zeus. And the Gemini two-faced nature is each of them living in these two different realms and worlds, one in the underworld, one in the realms of the gods. But because the, the brother loved his, his twin so much, he would travel back and forth. So he would be able, he would choose, like be willing to go into the underworld because of like how important it is, like the death, the shadows, the cycles. And he would choose to leave the realms of the gods to travel to the underworld just to be with his brother. So that's like our, our two-faced nature that people talk about with Geminis. It's not two-faced. It's like being able to go to the depths and reach the highest mm -hmm. heights, to live in heaven and in hell, to know that our mind can be a servant or a master, you know, and choosing to learn how to master it so that, so that it can, like we can live Incredible. in that realm of the gods. I love that as two Geminis, I've now taught you something and now you've taught me something to where we're like, we have done our mission. Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, it has been a delight to have you and to be able to share this sacred 
space and time with you. I want to just leave everybody that's going to listen to this in the future and, you know, probably immediately. It is a podcast, right? What is probably like the most valuable thing that you can say to everyone that you hope they learned about the connection with her? I know I'm making you sum up the last hour in one sentence or two sentences. No, that's great. I think just knowing that you are a reflection of her. So any damage that's being done to her, there's a reflection of that within you. Any way that you relate to yourself unkindly or or unharmoniously, that is also reflected in, in the collective consciousness. We are made of the same elements as her for a reason. And we can use that to heal ourselves and heal her. And when we're more conscious of, again, like the health of our body, the health of the earth's body, the health of our mind, our intellect, our stories, our expression, the health of her air, the, the cleanliness of her winds, the health of our emotional bodies, of our sexuality, releasing our shame, mm -hmm. the cleanliness of her waters, the purity of her waters, the health of her waters, and, and you know, our willingness to shine, our willingness to be bright, to be lighthouses for all of our brothers and sisters who are lost in the storm. You know, that's the sun that gives life to this planet. We, we are these elements for a reason and so that is what i hope everyone takes home with them and and just starts to relate to in a new way because that will allow your experience of reality as a whole to completely transform and and respond back to you in a way that you've probably never experienced before i want to energetically hug you <laughs> is that possible can i just <laughs> yes oh, sister i swear yes so you have so many amazing mm -hmm. projects coming up. Tell me, because I want to highlight you. I want to put you like on a pedestal for a moment and just let you shine. So you have retreats coming up. You have new gifts that you've provided. Share some of those for us. Yeah, so I love to re lead retreats in castles to create like a full Hogwarts style experience. And what I always say is like when we're inside, we're in luxury, we get to like live these fantasies and fairy tales. And when we're outside, we're in nature and we're with the mother and we're in the hand of the goddess. So it's a really beautiful combination of connecting to our wild and we do all of our rituals outside. And then, you know, getting to fulfill our fantasies and feel abundant and know that we are worthy of our queendom or our kingdom and, and experiencing that in our own way. And um, because my retreats are, you know, in castles and expensive. I have created two amazing new products for people. Um, one is a really beautiful abundance ritual. It's about attuning to that conscious vibration and frequency, the aliveness of abundance itself. Of course, to manifest money, that is you know, what a lot of people want to use it for, but it will really be a beautiful healing experience. And, and it's one of those things that you can do once or you can do every day for 30 days, or you can just keep integrating into your practice because the more you devote to it, the the more it'll give back to you. And I also have another experience similar to that, but with it's called the love spell because I get a lot of questions about love magic. And so it's a 21 day practice, um, different practices every day for 21 days rather. 
but it's really a, a ritual that you engage with. Like I said, it takes, or we've talked about this before, but 21 days is how long it takes to change your habits. And so if you interact with love, give love to yourself, engage with love and the world around you in a totally new way for 21 days, then love will begin to return to you very, very quickly again, so as above, so below. And so, um, those are two products that I'm very, very excited about. I've put a ton of love and magic into them and super accessible price points for people so that anybody can access them and, and bring some more money magic or a little bit of love into their lives. More questions than that. And I also have pieces and like full, you know, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I have, of course, I have which is like going to Hogwarts um, and Witchy Rich, which is a much deeper dive into like healing your financial relationships and stepping into the archetypes of abundance for yourself. So um, I've got a whole, I've got a whole, you know, online academy well, of magical it artistry. Makes it makes sense. It tracks. And in, in Scotland words, we say it tracks. I am it tracks. So <laughs> I'm just curious. This is like a yep. personal question a little bit. I'm assuming for this love 21 days, there's a lot of practices that you use to be able to attract bear into your life, right? And like, cause I'm like, hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, not coming yeah. your man, but you did pretty good. I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> and then, I know my, I do want to know twin. <laughs> if you're ever gonna sell those hats though, because I will purchase a hat from you immediately. Like you just, Oh yeah. Hats are coming onto the website. We're just trying to figure out, you know, I'm, I'm very particular about the shipping and the sourcing. And so, um, yeah, I, I, we're trying to find the most sustainable source and shipping and packaging method to get the hats. Cause it's like, you know, the company where I got them from, they're yeah, very no difficult worries. to get hold of. Anyways, that's a whole nother, no, whole nother ball game, but you know, I'm like, I don't want to package anything in plastic. I'm not doing that. I'm, I can't send anyone a felt witch hat in a plastic bag. So like, we got to figure something else out. So yes, but all of that. I'm a, what gave it away that I might be a green witch? <laughs> like, yeah. Put me down for a green one. Yeah. Well, you probably, I have a blue one with stars too on it. I just don't wear it because it's a little too I floppy, mean, just, but that might be a good Just one tell me too. what you need from me. <laughs> I will start posing with this because I need a photo shoot and I need a hat. <laughs> Oh, you have been it's an so absolute good. blessing. Thank you so much for joining me and getting into your feminine for an hour, letting me, you know, hold space for us. I am so thankful for that. So with all of everything, what an amazing show, everyone. I am so thankful for you guys tuning in, learning more about Mia, but also learning more about how you can strengthen your relationship with Mother Nature, with Earth 